Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, February 25th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Ukraine fights back and the West ramps up sanctions on Russia. U.S. futures are lower following a wild comeback on Wall Street. The Fed moves ahead with rate hikes despite the situation in Ukraine. And President Biden decides on his nominee for the Supreme Court. Protesters in the tri-state area react to Russia's invasion into Ukraine. Plus, the Biden administration will loosen federal mask-wearing guidelines today. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg. The Nets fell to the Celtics. The Rangers win. Islanders lose. I'll have that and more coming up in sports. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good Friday morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. futures are ending the week lower. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 33 points, Dow futures down 243, and NASDAQ futures down 104. Ten-year Treasury up 530 seconds, the yield 1.94 percent, and the yield on the two-year 1.56 percent. And NYMEX crude oil is up four-tenths percent, or 39 cents, at $93.20 a barrel. Nathan. Karen, we begin this morning with the latest developments out of Eastern Europe. Ukraine is fighting back as Russia continues to pound the capital of Kiev with rocket strikes. This as the U.S. and NATO allies impose stiff sanctions on Russia. Amy Morris has the latest from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Secretary of State Antony Blinken told ABC News as Russian troops are marching through Ukraine, Vladimir Putin may have his eyes on an even bigger prize. Is it a possibility that Putin goes beyond Ukraine? Sure, it's a possibility, but there's something very powerful standing in the way of that. There's something we call Article 5 of NATO. That means an attack on one member of NATO is an attack on all members of NATO. And while Western allies believe Kyiv is likely to fall to Russian forces soon, the Biden administration says the U.S. is preparing to accept Ukrainians who are fleeing that country, while America's partners in Europe and Japan have announced new economic penalties. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky is speaking out. He took to the airwaves this morning to say sanctions are not deterring Russia. This morning we are defending our state by ourselves as we did yesterday. The most powerful forces in the world are watching from a distance. Have yesterday's sanctions convinced Russia? We are hearing in our sky and seeing on our land that this is not enough. And Ukraine's President Zelensky says Moscow is attacking both military and civilian targets. He says Russia will have to talk to him to end the invasion. The Treasury Department says sanctions on Russia target almost 80 percent of the country's banking assets. But President Biden is holding off on sanctioning Russia's energy sector or kicking the country out of the swift banking system. Democratic Congressman John Garamendi says our European allies aren't willing to go that far yet. Well, if we're going to throw the whole kitchen sink, we have to have the entire team ready to go. If you're going to go fast, 
go alone. If you're going to go far, you got to go with the team. Congressman John Garamendi spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Nathan, stocks enter today's session after a wild ride yesterday. At one point, the Nasdaq plunged 3.5%, only to finish the day up 3.3%. The S&P 500 added 1.5%. Gina Martin-Adams is chief equity strategist for Bloomberg Intelligence. I'm a bit concerned that the reason for the turnaround was twofold. One, we got some word on sanctions, and I think that the whispers around sanctions would be that they might be even worse than the sanctions that actually were put in place by the president. And the result of that was a little bit of reprieve in oil prices. That may or may not hold. What I'm more worried about is I think that the whispers started to go around that, oh, maybe the Fed won't tighten as much Mm -hmm. as we were anticipating. Bloomberg Intelligence Chief Equity Strategist Dina Martin-Adams says for many market participants, it's still all about the Fed. But Fed officials are sticking to plans to raise interest rates next month, Karen. That's despite uncertainty tied to the invasion of Ukraine. Fed Governor Christopher Waller says a 50 basis point hike is still possible if jobs and inflation data stay hot. My preference is to increase the target range for the federal funds rate 100 basis points by the middle of this year. That is, I expect inflation to remain elevated and only show modest signs of deceleration over the next couple of months. Governor Chris Waller says he also favors shrinking the Fed's balance sheet no later than the central bank's meeting in July. Well, yesterday's rally in U.S. stocks is spilling over into Europe this morning, Nathan. And we get the latest live with Bloomberg's Max Ramsey in our London bureau. Good morning, Max. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Yes, we are definitely seeing a move to the upside in Europe so far this morning, though we are still a fair way off clawing back the steep losses that we got yesterday with the news of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Today, the stock 600 rises 1.3%, but the loss yesterday, 3.3%. The FTSE 100 rises 1.6%, but it was a 3.9% drop yesterday. And the DAX in Germany today rising 0.9% after closing down 4%. So adding a bit of risk appetite this morning after this massive risk-off move, we saw in Europe perhaps a bit of repricing today that energy and SWIFT were left out of the European and U.S. sanctions. We see this rally in Russian assets to the benchmark Moex stock index rising 14.3% after closing down 33%. Live in London, Max Ramsey, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Max, thanks. Stocks also gained in Asia overnight. Let's get the recap there from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. The MSCI Asia-Pacific Index advanced the most in over a week after falling to November 2020 lows during Thursday's trade. Sentiment was aided by the tech sector as well as China, where the central bank boosted liquidity. The PBOC injected 290 billion yuan, around $46 billion, via its seven-day reverse repo agreement, the most since September 2020. Adding to the more risk-on tone was a move away from havens as Australian and New Zealand bonds slid. Over the course of the week, the MSCI Asia Pacific Index fell by almost 4%, its worst weekly performance in a month. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. Juliet, thank you. And back in Washington this morning, Bloomberg News has learned that President Biden has decided on a nominee for a seat on the Supreme Court. No word on who it is or when the selection will be announced. The president has already said he would select a black woman. That would fulfill a promise he made during the 2020 campaign. And again, futures are lower this morning. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. 
Thanks, Karen. 507 on Wall Street. 32 degrees in Central Park with a wintry mess coming down. That means speed restrictions on the Garden State Parkway and the New Jersey Turnpike. Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. At least it's Friday, Michael. Yeah, well, at least we have that. It's a both hands on the steering wheel day for the morning commute. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn has more on the latest round of winter weather. Michael will be dealing with a messy mix early on this morning, but it should transition over to some plain rain as the morning goes on. National Weather Service has the tri-state area under a winter weather advisory through 10 this morning. Sleet and freezing rain will be changing to plain rain. It will end during the afternoon. Temperatures eventually get up to 40, so the slippery problems we have, they should go away. They'll linger some in the northern and western suburbs, but by late today we break into some sunshine, so the ride home better than the ride in this morning. Michael? Thank you, Rob. The tri-state area is reacting to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in Times Square yesterday. Ukrainian Americans rallied in the streets. New York City is home to more than 150,000 Ukrainians. Mayor Eric Adams wrote on Twitter, our city stands with them. Adams went on to state the unprovoked and unjustified invasion of their homeland is an assault on freedom. New York Governor Kathy Hochul offered her support for the Ukrainian people. We have in New York State one of the largest Ukrainian populations outside the country, and we're proud of this. We're proud of their diversity and what they bring to all of us, but now they have family members and are deeply concerned about what's going on in their home countries. Governor Hochul says the state is preparing for any cyber attacks that intelligence authorities say is possible. A prayer vigil was held in New Jersey for Ukrainian Americans in Boundbrook. Transit officials will install safety barriers in three New York City subway stations in a pilot program aimed at preventing tragedies like the death of a woman who was pushed in front of a train last month. The MTA says that the barriers will be tested at three stations. The Biden administration today plans to significantly loosen federal mask-wearing guidelines to protect against COVID-19 transmission. According to people familiar with the matter, that will mean most Americans will no longer be advised to wear masks in indoor public settings. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. Coming up to 510 on Wall Street, time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's Scott Seidenberg. Thanks, Nathan. The Nets were routed by the Celtics 129-106 last night. Jason Tatum scoring 30 for Boston, who jumped out to a 13-point lead after the first quarter. The game looking a lot like the last time these two teams played when the Celtics jumped out to a 28-2 lead back on February 8th. The lone bright spot for the Nets is the potential for reinforcements coming soon, as Steve Nash saying Kevin Durant and newly signed Gordon Dragic could be ready to play in the next three games. It is still unknown, however, when Ben Simmons will make his Nets debut. The Nets will visit the Bucks tomorrow night. Tonight, the Knicks host the Heat. On the ice, the Rangers beat the Capitals 4-1. Alexi Lafreniere and Mika Zibanejad each had a goal and an assist. Igor Shesterkin made 36 saves for his 25th win of the season. The Blue Shirts have won 8 of their last 11. They'll visit Pittsburgh tomorrow. The Islanders fell on a shootout 4-3 in San Jose. They're at L.A. tomorrow. And the Devils upset the Penguins 6-1, scoring three goals in the first seven minutes of the game. 
It's just their third win in their last 12 games. They're in Chicago tonight. Golf Kurt Kitayama leads after one round of the Honda Classic. I'm Scott Seidenberg with Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, Scott, thank you. After uh, wild swings for markets, yesterday futures are pointing lower. We have S&P futures right now down 31 points. Dow futures down 224. NASDAQ futures are lower by 101 points. Rally underway in Europe with the DAX in Germany higher by nine-tenths percent and the CAC in Paris up 1.2%. The 10-year Treasury now up 3.30 seconds. The yield 1.95%. Yield on the two-year 1.57%. NYMEX crude up a half percent, up 49 cents, $93.31 a barrel. Very latest developments on Ukraine, the impact of sanctions. We'll talk about it next with Julie Norman of University College London. Bloomberg 11.30 weather, winter weather advisory this morning. The freezing rain will change over to rain. Some sunny breaks this afternoon with highs near 40. Mid-30s tomorrow, low 40s by Sunday. Wintry mess and 32 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are climbing, crude oil advancing, and U.S. stock index futures slipping as the Ukraine conflict and Western sanctions on Russia muddies the outlook for markets and the global economic recovery. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 28 points. Dow futures down 208. NASDAQ futures down 72. The DAX in Germany is up 1.1%. The 10-year Treasury up 230 seconds. Yield 1.95%. The yield on the two-year 1.5%. 7%. NYMEX crude oil is little change now at $92.76 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 8 tenths percent or $15.40 at $19.10.90 an ounce. The euro is at 1.1177 against the dollar. British pound 1.3377. And the yen is at 115.34. Bitcoin this morning. It's moving higher at $38,580. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Russia is pressing its invasion of Ukraine to the outskirts of the capital, Kiev. That comes a day after it unleashed airstrikes on cities and military bases and sent in troops and tanks from three sides. Ukraine's president pleaded for international help. The CDC is about to release new mask guidance for cities and states today. It will mean masks can come down in a majority of the city still requiring them. In sports, the Celtics beat the Nets 129-106. The Warriors won. In the NHL, the Rangers beat the Capitals 4-1. The Devils won. The Islanders lost. The Bruins beat the Kraken in OT 3-2. Global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. 519 is the time now on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. And Julie Norman is with us this morning, lecturer on politics and international relations at University College London, as we continue monitoring developments in the war in Eastern Europe. Professor, good morning. We've heard reports of rocket attacks in the capital, Kiev. Uh, the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, says he's target number one. He could be kidnapped by Russian forces. What's the ultimate goal here? Where could this end? 
Well, good morning, Nathan. Things are definitely very grim and escalating very quickly. Uh, Valencia, I think, has known for quite a while that Russia is, uh, you know, one of their aims would be to topple his government, possibly to install a puppet government. U.S. intelligence had reports of that several weeks ago that they made public. Um, so this is likely to be one of their aims. Again, it's unclear how far uh, Putin is planning to push this, but we obviously do hear reports today of uh, of a uh, attack on Kiev specifically. Um, again, if Kiev falls, if the government falls, uh, this could just open up the door for a much longer insurgency. So uh, the uh, war that we're seeing now might have a very kind of long um kind of long drawn out to aftermath to it, even if uh, even if the fall of the government comes. But right now we are seeing um, resolve from Ukrainians. We are seeing, uh, you know, people, defense forces trying to uh, trying to defend against this attack. But at the end of the day, the Russian military is uh, substantially much more powerful than Ukraine. We heard some pretty ominous asides from President Biden in his sanctions announcement yesterday. He's saying that uh, Putin's ultimate goal is to reestablish the Soviet empire as the president gets ready to meet with NATO allies this morning. What's the implication for what Putin's designs could be in Eastern Europe? Well, Nathan, that's what NATO is hoping to do today is as devastating as the war in Ukraine is developing to be is to try and ensure that this does not uh, go even further uh, into NATO states with uh, Russia trying to further expand its influence. So what we will probably hear from NATO today is a uh, further deployment of NATO troops to the Baltic states, to Poland, possibly to Romania, so the eastern and central European states. And also possibly discussions of ways to try and get more arms into Ukraine again for uh, for potential uh, support there as uh, as things move forward. But the main hope for NATO is to try and contain this as much as possible and to not have it escalate into NATO states, in which case they would be compelled to uh, respond and respond with force. What do you see as the potential impact of the sanctions as announced so far targeting the Russian banking sector and oligarchs? Will that have a meaningful impact on the Russian economy? Well, Nathan, it will, but it will take a little bit of time. And I think Biden tried to be clear right about that yesterday, that it may be several weeks or even a month before we see that effect take place. It's also important to note that Russia has seen these sanctions coming and in some ways has tried to build in their own contingency measures by building up their own central bank reserves, by exploring uh, crypto opportunities to get around some of the sanctions and whatnot. Um, right now, uh, you know, we've kind of shifted from the sanctions being just a deterrent to being more of a punitive measure, just showing that the West is trying to do something. But again, it'll take a little bit of time. There's Still other sanctions that are on the table that can be deployed. But again, all sanctions that are being discussed right now are ones that will also have an effect on not only European, but American and global economies. And so it's something that uh, I think policymakers are trying to weigh very carefully as to if and when they deploy them. Yeah, certainly the sanctions that have been uh, talked about that are on the table uh, is getting Russia out of the SWIFT banking system. And the president was even asked pointedly yesterday why the U.S. isn't sanctioning Putin directly. What's holding the U.S. back at this point uh, in either of those potential moves? Yeah, well, with SWIFT, what we heard Biden say is he thinks that simply by uh, by cutting off Russian banks, by sanctioning the banks and cutting them off from the dollar, the pound, the euro, the yen, et cetera, that that will uh, be equally impactful. Um, what we also have heard uh, from uh, from some NATO allies is 
They see that cutting Russia off from SWIFT could simply push them closer to China. They note that both Russia and China have set up secondary, uh, you know, financial messaging systems that essentially do the same thing. So there's some uh, just uh, wariness, I think, about taking that step right away. And we'll continue, of course, monitoring developments throughout the day and into the weeks to come. Julie Norman, as always, great getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Julie Norman is lecturer on politics and international relations at University College London. Looking at markets, uh, mixed action globally with S&P futures now down 22 points, Dow futures down 169, and NASDAQ futures down 59 points. Gains in Europe, though, with the DAX in Germany higher by one and a quarter percent, the CAC in Paris up one and a half percent, the FTSE in London higher by 2.1 percent, and the 10-year Treasury up two thirty seconds now, the yield 1.95 percent. Taking a look at the oil market, Brent is higher by a tenth percent at $99.19 a barrel. Just ahead, President Biden's sanctions. And what does war in Ukraine mean for the Fed? It's all coming up on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, winter weather advisory till 10 this morning. We'll have sunny breaks this afternoon with highs near 40. Mid-30s tomorrow, low 40s on Sunday. Right now, freezing rain, 32 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with the latest developments out of Eastern Europe. Ukraine is fighting back as Russia pounds the country with rocket strikes in the capital of Kiev. The U.S., its allies, and its allies believe the capital city may soon fall to Russian forces. Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky says his nation continues to resist the Russian invasion. Russia will anyway have to talk to us sooner or later to talk about how to stop combat action and to end this invasion. Ukraine's President Zelensky says Moscow is attacking both military and civilian targets. Well, meantime, in Washington, Karen, President Biden's making clear U.S. troops will not fight on the ground in Ukraine. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. President Biden has drawn the line of the borders of NATO nations. It's a large conflict already. The way we're going to steer it's not going to aspire to a larger conflict is by providing all the forces needed in the Eastern European nations that are members of NATO. NATO is more united than it's ever been. And I have no plans to talk with Putin whom he calls a pariah on the world stage. The president says he's moving more U.S. troops closer to NATO borders, 7,000, for example, in Germany. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Volatility in financial markets has been sky high since the start of the invasion. U.S. futures are lower following yesterday's wild comeback. At one point, the Nasdaq plunged 3.5% only to finish the day up 3.3%. Well, despite the uncertainty caused by the situation in Ukraine, Karen, the Federal Reserve is sticking to its guns. Fed officials say they still plan to raise interest rates next month. They stress the need to fight the hottest U.S. inflation in 40 years. 
And at the White House today, Bloomberg News has learned that President Biden has decided on a nominee for the Supreme Court. No word on who it is or when the selection will be announced. The president has already said he would select a black woman. Futures this morning again moving lower. S&P futures down about 24 points. Dow futures down 184. NASDAQ futures down 62. The DAX in Germany is up 1.2%. The 10-year Treasury is little change. Yield 1.96%. Yield on the two-year, 1.57%. NYMEX crude oil down about two-tenths percent or 14 cents at $92.67 a barrel. And COMEX gold is down seven-tenths percent or $14.30 at 1912 an ounce. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. It's 533 on Wall Street. We're at 32 degrees in Central Park with a mix of rain and freezing rain. We're in a winter weather advisory for the next few hours, and already there's a crash on the eastbound BQE. It's got the Brooklyn Bridge jammed. Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Winter weather, as you said, is going to make the morning commute a handful. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn has the latest. Michael will be dealing with a messy mix early on this morning, but it should transition over to some plain rain as the morning goes on. National Weather Service has the tri-state area under a winter weather advisory through 10 this morning. Sleet and freezing rain will be changing to plain rain. It'll end during the afternoon. Temperatures eventually get up to 40, so the slippery problems we have, they should go away. They'll linger some in the northern and western suburbs, but by late today, we break into some sunshine, so the ride home better than the ride in this morning. Michael? Rob, thank you, sir. The tri-state area is reacting to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Hundreds of protesters gathered in Times Square yesterday. New York City is home to more than 150,000 Ukrainian Americans. Mayor Eric Adams wrote on Twitter, the unprovoked and unjustified invasion of their homeland is an assault on freedom. New York Governor Kathy Hochul offered her support for the Ukrainian people. Very frightening images. Uh, Our hearts go out to all the residents of that country that is now under siege. In New Jersey, a prayer vigil was held for Ukrainian-Americans in Boundbrook. The CDC is expected to announce new COVID mask guidelines as soon as today. That will mean most Americans will no longer be advised to wear masks in indoor public settings. The new CDC mask guidelines are expected to be related to the COVID case rates in each local community. Guilty verdicts on federal charges for all three of the remaining officers charged in relation to George Floyd's death. Acting U.S. Attorney for the District of Minnesota, Charles Kovacs. It was a scene that will forever be seared into our memories. George Floyd handcuffed and pinned to the ground by three officers. Kovac says these officers chose to do nothing to assist George Floyd as he lay dying. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael. Thanks. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's Scott Seidenberg. Good morning, Nathan. The Nets getting some good news yesterday. Steve Nash saying Kevin Durant and newly signed Goran Dragic could be ready to play for them in the next three games. But without their stars last night, the Nets continue to struggle. Beaten by the Celtics, 129-106. Jason Tatum scored 30 for Boston. 
who jumped out to a 13-point lead after the first quarter. Here was Steve Nash. We recognize we're shorthanded. You know, we know we're sending these guys out there and asking them to do more than they're accustomed to doing, and, and that's tough. But at the same time, they've responded every time we've asked them to keep their spirits high and work, and, um, and that was clearly on display in practice uh, yesterday. Today we need uh, today we need a little bit more. The Nets will visit the Bucks tomorrow night. Tonight the Knicks host the Heat. Hockey, the Rangers beat the Capitals 4-1. Igor Shesterkin made 36 saves for his 25th win of the season. The Blue Shirts have won eight of their last 11. They'll visit Pittsburgh tomorrow. The Islanders fell on a shootout 4-3 in San Jose. They're at LA tomorrow. And the Devils upset the Penguins 6-1 for just their third win in their last 12 games. I'm Scott Seidenberg with Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Scott, thanks for coming up to 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg's Ed Corey. Since it's groundbreaking nearly two decades ago, the mega mall built in New Jersey's Meadowlands has done little except hemorrhage cash. Now, less than two years after its much-delayed opening, the mall's developer can't keep up with the bills on the shopping and entertainment megaplex. Well, the guys behind the smile and rays are opening Pebble Bar in Midtown. The Times says celebrities like Pete Davidson and Nicholas Braun are investors. The building at West 49th and the Avenue of the Americas has stood there for more than a century, much of it as a fabled Irish saloon named Hurley's. Paul McCartney and his wife sold their penthouse on New York's Fifth Avenue for about $8.5 million this month. That's about 45% less than what they paid for it in 2015, according to Dow Jones. They listed the unit for $12 million bucks last June, but reduced the price to $10.5 million in September. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thank you, Ed. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. Steve Podesk, and on 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about a government probe into Morgan Stanley's block trading business. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack is warning fertilizer companies against price gouging amid the Ukraine conflict. I'm Denise Pellegrini on WHS Louisville. Churchill Downs to get out of online casinos and sports betting. I'm Caroline Hepke on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on British sanctions against Russia, including Boris Johnson's promise to finally act on a register of property ownership. I'm Ed Corey on WTAM in Cleveland. I'm reporting the Cavaliers are teaming up with Caesars for a sports book at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Ignoring near-universal condemnation, Russia has launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine, an act of unprovoked aggression that threatens global stability. The world's response must be swift and exacting. The U.S. and Europe should exploit their greatest strategic advantage over Russia, their economic power, and cut the country off from the global financial system. Though sanctions alone won't dislodge Russian forces from Ukraine, patient and unstinting application of economic pressure remains the best tool for deterring further aggression. The West should be clear-eyed about the challenge it faces. Russian President 
President Vladimir Putin has exploited years of U.S. disengagement to sow chaos, divide NATO, and attempt to undo Europe's post-Cold War order. Now he's invaded a democratic nation. A faltering response will only embolden other bad actors on the global stage. This is no moment for weakness. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash Opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 Weather Winter Weather Advisory this morning. We'll have sunny breaks this afternoon with a high near 40. Mid-30s tomorrow, low 40s on Sunday. Right now, a mix of rain and freezing rain and 32 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are climbing. U.S. stock index futures are slipping as the Ukraine conflict and Western sanctions on Russia muddies the outlook for markets and the global economic recovery. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down at 28 points. Dow futures down 218. NASDAQ futures down 81. While the DAX in Germany is up one and a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury, little change. Yield 1.96 percent. The yield on the two-year, 1.58 percent. NYMEX crude oil is now falling down about half percent or 39 cents at $92.42 a barrel. COMEX Gold is down 8 tenths percent or $15.80 at $19.10.50 an ounce. The euro, 1.1179 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3380. And the yen is at 115.36. And Bitcoin this morning, it's moving higher at $38,550. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Ukraine's president said his nation continued to resist on the second day of the Russian invasion as fighting raged on north of Kiev. President Volodymyr Zelensky said Ukraine's military had stopped Russia from achieving its objectives in the first day of the assault. The U.S. and European Union stepped up economic penalties. Meanwhile, China is holding back from labeling Russia's attack on Ukraine as an invasion. In sports, the Celtics beat the Nets 129-106. The Warriors won. In the NHL, the Rangers beat the Capitals 4-1. The Devils won. The Islanders lost. The Bruins beat the Kraken in OT 3-2. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. We're coming up to 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak as we get ready for a Friday morning of trading. Esty Dweck is with us, Chief Investment Officer at Flowbank. I wonder how much more Dramamine we're going to need after all the volatility we saw yesterday. Esty, where do things go from here? Good morning. That is a very good question. Historically, what we've seen is that Markets actually tend to bottom on the day or of the invasion. So yesterday could have been uh, the worst of it, although we did see a, a nice bounce uh, across a lot of the U.S. indices. Uh, this morning feels a little bit like the market got a bit too excited yesterday and the rebound was a little too strong. 
and investors realize that there's four or five huge data points coming up in the next uh, two, three weeks with central banks, with inflation, with non-farm payroll. So it seems that uh, volatility is going to stay, especially because no one really knows what uh, Putin's endgame is. But there are also still, I'd say, the usual suspects that have been weighing in markets since the start of the year that are still in play. Do you think data is going to be the catalyst for traders going forward, or can we see more volatility depending on further sanctions action? Well, I think we have the question of sanctions hitting uh, the energy sector, which we can see that uh, the West wants to avoid as much as, pro- as possible because it would kind of be shooting yourself in the foot. Actually, up until now, the question of energy was more a question of Putin counter-sanctioning the West uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case either. So it's really a question of uh, of both of those. The data is still going to be, we have U.S. inflation, European inflation, uh, jobs data, and then the two big central banks coming up. Uh, and that's going to be a bigger driver, even though the headlines around Russia, Ukraine could still have an impact. Uh, but the shock of yesterday's invasion was probably the big, the most volatile headline we could think of. So are you thinking that uh, that the Fed is going to look past what's going on in Ukraine and stay on its tightening path? Or, or could what the, the events that we're seeing on the ground uh, shake the Fed in terms of uh, where it goes with rate hikes? I, I don't think it changes. I think there, there's a there's a mix. You have the view that uh, growth could be impacted by the sanctions, by higher oil prices. And that's not fantastic. But at the same time, you have the view that energy prices are going to be even higher. And so inflation could stay higher for even longer uh, than what the Fed was anticipating. So I think at this point, net net, if there's no impact uh, on the Fed, the March rate hike is coming, most likely not 50 basis points. That was my view before the Russia events. Uh, but I don't think this is important. Uh, I mean, enough, obviously, on the human side, but enough from a, uh, an economic perspective to change the Fed's path. In terms of the divergence we're seeing this morning between uh, European stocks and futures on Wall Street, how do you explain that? Well, I think we're seeing European stocks follow uh, the U.S. higher. So yesterday's rebound is is kind of feeding through into Europe. Uh, There's probably a little bit of comfort that uh, the energy sector wasn't touched because Europe is is at much bigger risk of all these energy uh, discussions than uh, the U.S. is in terms of a, a purely economic and, and price impact. We'll have to see how Europe closes if the U.S. really does open down uh, and, and pulls Europe down a little bit with it. So in the last 30 seconds here, Esty, these events uh, of the week and the potential for more conflict going forward here, are you changing your target for the S&P for this year? No, uh, we haven't changed our allocations and we haven't changed our targets. We're still constructive. Uh, first half, choppy, now choppier. Uh, and I think better news coming in the second half of the year. First half choppy, but choppier. That's an interesting way to term it. Thank you for this, Esty. <laughs> Good having you with us this morning. Esty Dweck is a chief investment officer at Flowbank. Karen. Nathan, it is 5.53 on Wall Street. Time for our Bloomberg Law Report. We get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Joan Doniger. 
group of retired NFL players plan to ask the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals to revive their negligence claims against the league. They say they were given opioids and other painkillers to stay on the field even though they were hurt. Supply chain experts say health care workers need a better breed of masks to fight future pandemics, ones that fit better and are more comfortable. The Biden administration is redesigning a Trump-era Medicare pilot program over objections from congressional Democrats who see it as an effort to privatize the system. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Joan, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching brings us to the U.S. women's soccer team. It's reached an agreement with U.S. Soccer Federation to settle allegations that women players are paid less than their male counterparts. The settlement includes an agreement to pay $24 million to the players, plus a commitment that the Federation will provide equal pay for female players going forward. For more on this settlement, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Nicole Saharsky, a partner at Mayor Brown, which represented the women players at the appellate stage of the case. We've heard the big number, 24 million. What exactly does the settlement entail? There are two key components to the settlement, and then there's a very important contingency. The first component of the settlement is looking backwards for the members of the class, um, actually two classes, that they would get paid for the past pay discrimination by U.S. soccer. And that's what the $24 million is intended to do, through $22 million in direct payments to the class members and a $2 million fund um, that the class members can draw upon. And then the second part of the settlement is the looking forward part, which is that U.S. soccer has to pay the men and the women equally for all tournaments and games in the future, including for the World Cup. And then the, the important contingency on the settlement is that the settlement will come into effect, assuming it is approved by the district court, when the collective bargaining agreement is ratified. So there are collective bargaining Uh, agreement negotiations happening now. They've been happening for a while. And coming to an an agreement in those is important so that the players have um, basically an agreement that governs their pay going forward. Do you see the collective bargaining agreement as a big hurdle? I think the players and U.S. soccer have been working on it for months. I think that everyone is eager to reach a resolution and that there's been a lot of progress toward the resolution. So I think folks are anticipating that it'll be resolved in the near future. How much does this end gender discrimination in soccer? Well, I think it's an incredibly important first step. When you look at it in perspective, the U.S. Women's National Team was formed in 1985, and the players had never been paid equally since then. And this is the first time that these players brought the EEOC complaint and then filed a lawsuit and really got U.S. soccer to do something about it, right? That pay will be equal for the U.S. Women's National Team and the Men's National Team going forward. And so, you know, we think it sets an important precedent, obviously, for the, the players on the national team, but, you know, potentially for other national teams, potentially for other sports, et cetera. And that's Nicole Saharsky, a partner at Mayor Brown, speaking at the Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BLaw Go. And futures this morning are moving lower. S&P futures down about 29 points. Dow futures down a 
223, and NASDAQ futures down 75. 10-year Treasury up 230 seconds, yield 1.95%. They yield on the two-year 1.57%. NYMEX crude oil is little changed at $92.87 a barrel. And COMEX gold is down three-quarters of a percent, or $14.50, at $1911.70 an ounce. The euro, 1.1179 against the dollar. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the latest on Russia and Ukraine. All the news you need to start your day, and this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.